another episode of Radio Rounds, the podcast interview series presented by St. Louis Children's Hospital, covering pediatric topics of interest to doctors and healthcare professionals. Here's Melanie Cole. Childhood obesity has increased from a relatively uncommon problem to one of the most important public health problems facing our children today. My guest today is Dr. Shana Eckhaus. She's a bariatric surgeon at the Washington University School of Medicine who works in collaboration with the Healthy Start Clinic at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Dr. Eckhaus, I'd like to start first to discuss the health issues associated with obese kids. How are these issues detected managed, treated, typically, what is the prevalence of obesity in this country today for our children? Uh, So thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about uh, the disease of obesity and the opportunities for bariatric surgery. Uh, The disease of obesity is a growing epidemic in the United States, both in adults and in children. Um, uh, Among adults in 2018, uh, the disease of obesity affected almost 38 to 40 percent of all adults in the United States. And it, uh, in children, it affects um, over about 18% of all children, with over 20, about 20.6% of uh, adolescents being affected in the United States. So it's a growing problem that requires, I, I think, some time and focus. Uh, the you know initial um, evaluation of these children is really with the growth charts done by pediatricians in their office um, and uh, monitoring them. Um, during their growth, uh, uh, their growth spurts in adolescence, and um, if noticing that they're um, increasing at a faster rate than expected uh, based on their height, um, along with a family history of uh, the disease of obesity or comorbid conditions that can occur in uh, in concert with the disease of obesity, like diabetes or hypertension or sleep apnea, these are patients that need to be further treated for the possibility of the disease. When I talk about the growth chart, uh, it's uh, these patients have um, either they're over the 99th percentile uh, for uh, uh, their height would qualify them for the disease of obesity, and they're considered overweight if they're uh, over 95th percentile. Uh, initially, the treatment really is you know, discussing kind of lifestyle changes and how to alter potentially uh, habits at home. Um, both uh, with the patient um, being the child and their family as a as a unit. So is there a genetic component when you are working with obese patients? Do you look at the family, Dr. Eckhouse, and see that sometimes the family is obese as well? And if you're going to get into the discussion of bariatric surgery and measures that are beyond just exercise programs and diet and nutrition, are you then looking to the family as well for this whole picture that we're going to paint today? Yes. So it really needs to be a, a, a team or family decision because um, it affects everybody in the household. Uh, genetic causes of obesity are very uncommon, like leptin deficiency or POMC. Uh, they're uncommon. They uh, um, are harder to diagnose, but have a different kind of presentation and trajectory. And typically affect children at a very early age, as young as two years old um, to five years old. Um, uh, Prader-Willi would be another one. These are very uncommon. Most people affected by the disease of obesity are affected by uh, um, uh, the more common cause, which is a multifactorial disease that's affected by our genetic environment, uh, behavioral, social, cultural uh, uh, aspects of it. 
and that all plays into the disease of obesity. Um, with the genetic diseases, there's different types of treatments, and that's where um, our uh, Healthy Start Clinic can be very helpful, but again, this is very uncommon. Um, when uh, patients have uh, the disease of obesity where it affects not only either just the child or um, everybody in the household, it is really important to approach this as a, as a kind of a team approach or a whole family unit approach. Um, without support, it can be a very challenging disease to treat. Multifactorial is spot on. There are so many reasons, whether it's school, gym and recess, and as you say, environment and lifestyle. It's a very complicated, comprehensive issue that we're facing today. Dr. Eckhouse, speak about when a pediatrician would refer an adolescent patient for bariatric surgery. What would you like pediatricians to know as they're doing BMI and well visits with their patients? What is that big red flag that would say, you know what, this is this is time to see a specialist? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Uh, uh, bariatric surgery is still something that... Um, it, while well, been around for a long time for adolescents, it's not something that pediatricians um, uh, are as comfortable with, understandably, because it's a um, maybe a more, I hate to say extreme approach, but it, it's a different approach than they're comfortable with, and that's where I can definitely help out. Um, I think these patients should be considered for bariatric surgery um, after they failed um, multiple attempts at lifestyle changes, um, both um, through the family unit and more intensive approaches where you uh, try maybe weekly behavioral modification. Um, we also, um, we have very specific criteria that we follow uh, based on um, uh, consensus guidelines that have been laid out, um, uh, or excuse me, surgical guidelines ba- uh, based on WHO definitions and ASMBS guidelines, which uh, ASMBS is the American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery, which is the governing body for bariatric surgery. But um, uh, adolescent patients qualify if their BMI is over 35 with a serious comorbid condition like diabetes, sleep apnea, with an apnea hypopnea index of greater than 15, pseudotumor cerebri, or severe uh, fatty liver disease. Uh, uh, this would also quali- they'd also qualify if you didn't know their BMI if they were 120 uh, 99 to 120 percent above. Uh, or, uh, for weight based on their height, um, or a BMI of over 40 with other uh, less common or less serious comorbid conditions um, like insulin resistance and glucose intolerance and dyslipidemia and impaired quality of life or impaired activities of daily living. Uh, currently, bariatric surgery is practiced around the country um, for uh, children as young as 13, um, and this has been done in uh, larger centers that have been studying this for quite some time, like a uh, Cincinnati Children's and Denver uh, Denver Children's Hospital. Uh, we are starting with a B, uh, age of 15, um, and this is a decision we've made in collaboration um, with our Healthy Start Clinic, um, including uh, uh, Dr. Jennifer Sprague and Dr. Janice Stoll, and then our um, uh, Department of Psychiatry, including Dr. Ginger Nichols. Tell us a little bit about the evaluation process. This uh, bariatric surgery is a big deal. And it's a life-changing deal. And and for adults, as we've heard about it, but as you say, children are coming up with all these comorbid conditions that we never saw before. You know, diabetes and high blood pressure, all of these things, Dr. Eckhouse. Tell us what the evaluation process is like and what happens once a patient is accepted into this program. 
Yeah. So um, first, it, uh, we're, you know, if the pediatrician um, and the family are both on board, um, it's getting in contact with either the Healthy Start Clinic or my program, the Washington University Weight Loss Surgery Program. Um, and we cross-refer. So if you start with Healthy Start, they'll refer you to us. If you start with us um, at the Weight Loss Surgery Program, we'll refer the patient to the Healthy Start Clinic. And so they're working with both of uh, both clinics in parallel, uh, a true collaboration. Uh, with the bariatric surgery side, the first step is going to a seminar and getting more information. And so our hope is to educate the family and the potential patient or the teenager on you know, what the disease of obesity is, the, uh, the comorbid conditions that can um, affect it, uh, the different uh, ways to treat it, but then why consider bariatric surgery at this point? And tell them both the positives and the negatives of bariatric surgery so that they get the well-rounded kind of whole picture. If they don't know what I know, I've done them a disservice. Um, and then uh, from there, on the uh, surgery side, we get them set up with our uh, nurse practitioner, Jamie Sparkman who's kind of our gatekeeper into our program. And she does our initial evaluation. And then based on that evaluation, we'll refer them on uh, for um, other studies to make sure that they'll qualify for surgery, including uh, labs uh, that include vitamin levels, EKG, um, an appointment with a dietitian, a psychologist, um, a physical therapist, um, all these being through the Healthy Start Clinic. Um, and then... Uh, then in parallel, they're being evaluated by the Healthy Start Clinic. And actually, the dietitian, psychologists, and physical therapists we use are all the, uh, the uh, all uh, um, part of the Healthy Start Clinic as well. And so they'll do six-month medical weight loss with um, um, either Dr. Sprague and, or Dr. Stoll or their nurse practitioner and the dietitian uh, part, that's part of the Healthy Start Clinic. And uh, after six months of medical weight loss, making sure we've optimized all our options for uh, treatment with lifestyle changes, um, along with this uh, other workup, they'll come to us. And depending on their comorbid conditions and their history, there may be other studies we do um, or uh, to make sure that we uh, keep the patient safe. We're very comprehensive, again, so that uh, we make sure that the patient's safety is maintained. What type of surgeries are you doing? for adolescent bariatric surgery? So at this point, uh, historically, uh, it was uh, the sleeve gastrectomy, the gastric bypass, and the laparoscopic adjustable gastric band. At this point, with the fact that we're taking out more bands than we're putting in, we are, um, as a team, uh, Dr. Egan, uh, Chris Egan, my partner, and I, who both perform bariatric surgery in adolescents, have agreed that it'd be best to limit um, uh, surgeries to the uh, sleeve gastrectomy and the gastric bypass, which uh, parallels the guidelines that have come out in 2018 by the ASMBS. Um, these surgeries are uh, each a little bit different. Uh, the sleeve gastrectomy is now the most common surgery we do in the United States. Um, in adults, uh, it's over 60% of the procedures, and it's the more common procedure done in children as well. Uh, the sleeve is uh, done by uh, removing approximately 70 to 80 percent of the stomach and reshaping the stomach into a tube or a sleeve. Uh, by removing this much of the stomach, they get a restriction, meaning they limit how they're unable to eat more than a certain amount of food, about the size of a half banana at a time, along with the fact that we remove the part of the stomach that regulates hunger and fullness or helps stimulate um, hunger and fullness hormone changes to where they feel full faster and they're not hungry. 
The gastric bypass is uh, uh, probably the tr- what I'd say it's been along the uh, around the longest. We've been doing the gastric bypass in adult patients since 90, 1971. Granted, we're a lot better than we were in 1971, um, and we've been doing it laparoscopically since the early 90s. Um, and it's the second most common operation done in adolescents. Uh, the gastric bypass is both a restrictive and malabsorptive operation, meaning we limit how much the patient can eat to the size of about a golf ball, and then we reroute the intestines so that um, the rest of the stomach and the first portion of the small intestines, known as the duodenum, is bypassed. And so uh, patients get a little bit more weight loss, uh, and um, they, uh, they also have restriction. With the sleeve gastrectomy, a patient can lose about 50 to 70% of their excess weight, excess weight being the amount of weight they have on top of their uh, ideal body weight. Um, and with the gastric bypass, they can lose about 60 to 80% of their excess weight. Wow. What an incredible program. As we wrap up, Dr. Eckhouse, tell us about the outcomes that you've seen, how patients maintain their new weight, and how you're helping them at the Healthy Start Clinic at St. Louis Children's Hospital, and when you would like pediatricians and other providers to refer and to know about this program? So uh, the, the big thing with this uh, program is it, it is very comprehensive, and it's a, it, you're right, this is a big change for patients. And it, um, for um, some patients and families and some pediatricians, it may seem drastic, but the outcomes demonstrate the benefit of it, meaning the proof's in the pudding. We're the only game in town for treating ga- uh, uh, diabetes. Medical management is very good for controlling um, blood sugars and maintaining a hemoglobin A1C that's within the range uh, uh, that's beneficial to a patient. But with a bariatric surgery, I can put uh, help patients achieve remission, meaning get off those medications they were on before. We can also reverse fatty liver disease changes and inflammation in a smaller percentage of patients. And we can get patients off of sleep apnea machines and get them off um, blood pressure medications with uh, the weight loss surgery itself. Um, the, the lifestyle is very different because of the fact we're limiting the size of the stomach to the size of a half a banana with a sleeve or the size of about a golf ball with a gastric bypass. And so the patients see us at 7 to 10 days after surgery, 6 weeks after surgery, 3 months, 6 months, and yearly, um, hopefully forever, along with the fact that they're seeing uh, the Healthy Start Clinic staff as well um, at 1 month, 3 months, 6 months, and yearly. Um, so that we uh, are able to maintain you know, healthy uh, habits long-term. Uh, weight loss maintenance is performed by following a high-protein, low-carb, low-fat diet. Um, and this uh, helps optimize and maximize the weight loss. And actually, we recommend patients eat uh, not three square meals a day, but five to six small meals and snacks a day. Snacks are not a bad thing if it's healthy food. And, in fact, we're not meant to eat three square meals a day. Our culture has dictated this, and with time it has negatively affected us. And so our goal is to get patients to eat uh, small meals more consistently. Other changes that we're going to request because of the size of this pouch is to avoid soda and straws because it will overfill the stomach because of the just inherent nature of the size of the stomach. Um, uh, In regards to... Uh, and then, uh, sorry, long-term, we're also going to encourage exercise. And the hope is that with meaningful weight loss, exercise will become easier for patients to do, whether it's walking or uh, playing sports in the future um, or being able to participate at a gym with their friends. Um, we want to make sure that exercise is a component of it because it can help augment weight loss and uh, improve and preserve cardiovascular and cardiopulmonary health. 
uh, for the pediatricians, uh, the big thing is knowing that we're here and it's a, a, uh, a safe and viable option. Uh, risks are very low, and in fact, adolescents have demonstrated even lower risk of complications than adults. Um, and that's where we are happy to work in concert with them to figure out who the best patient is to refer. But it's knowing it's a tool in the armamentarium. If a patient's had a tough time with lifestyle changes and has had a tough time um, with intervention and the family and the uh, teenager are, are wanting, you know, are still motivated and um, trying to find the best treatment option along with the fact that they meet our criteria, uh, we're here and available. Um, and always happy to talk. I would like to add that we're going to have an opportunity for more education. Uh, we will be, uh, I will be giving early bird grand rounds on June 7th at 8 a.m. to discuss uh, bariatric surgery for teenagers in more detail, along with the fact we'll be uh, giving talks at the Children's Specialty Care Speaker Series um, uh, in the future. Thank you so much, Dr. Eckhaus, for coming on today and, and discussing something that not many people and or providers know about as a situation of bariatric surgery for adolescents. Thank you again for sharing that information. To consult with a specialist or to learn more about services offered at St. Louis Children's Hospital, please call the Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for tuning in.